All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and may convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice your human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right. This is uh, someone I'm so excited to, 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 to talk to today, someone new. She's the founder, host, producer, and creative director of Story Jam, uh, a live lit show and pod, <laughs> podcast and Story Jam Studio, an online storytelling school. She features the unique element of an original song for each story. In addition to live shows, she also offers classes, workshops, and retreats in storytelling for writers, performers, schools, and businesses. You know, she is a musician, storyteller, performer, and coach. Uh, she's appeared in tons of TV shows, commercials, and films, and teaches storytelling. So we're going to learn a little bit about that and what Story Jam is. And, and um, we've had people on before to, to talk about stories, but I think this is going to be a, like a unique spin on on uh, you know how she does it. I am so pleased to welcome none other than Stephanie Rogers to the podcast. Welcome, Stephanie. Hello, Alex. You have <laughs> a right. wonderful speaking voice. All right. Well, you know, maybe who knows, you can kind of make me help me hone it down. I've, I've been told I have a maybe a voice for radio, but maybe I could hone it for the stage and and, and tell tell stories with the voice and, and, and use it for some good. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely we talked a little bit about for getting in, um, you know, there's so many different ways and techniques of telling telling stories. We've had guests on uh, to uh, that do similar things to 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 kind of help people hone down and create uh, really concise stories. I'm really excited though to to speak with you because you bring the element of of the stage and your background as a musician and and kind of like uh, music into it. And so uh, I'm really um, excited. We talked a little bit about something that we both know, like, uh, I'm familiar with this thing for all the listeners out there. If you're not familiar with it, uh, very similar to story jam, but probably a little bit different format is something called the moth, uh, story hour moth.com. There's a podcast. So people just get up on stage and they tell stories and you're, you only get a certain amount of time to tell them. And it's really to, to really help you kind of engage the audience and, and kind of uh, tell an awesome story. Um, so before we get into that, um, you know, the podcast is Stories of Selling Human. So we're going to hopefully get into a lot of great ones today. But when I hear, when, when I, I ask everyone this, but I, maybe you can, I'm going to give you a little twist on that, this. When I say something to you, when I say the phrase, tell a story uh, and tell it in a way that you tell it and you sell it by being human, what does that signify to you? What does that mean to you when I say tell a story and and tell it by being human? Well, here you go. So let's talk about the difference between anecdote and story because an anecdote is just a cool thing that happened to you, right? You're not gonna believe this. We were chased by the cops and we ran and we, and we went this way and we went that way and then they busted us and we got, and so that's an anecdote. Okay, that's that's a funny anecdote that you tell your buddies, right? Then there's a story. A story is a transformation. A story has some kind of narrative arc that goes 
over from one part, one, one experience to another experience. So we call this the journey of events mixed with the journey of emotions. One of our instructors, her name is Arlene Malinowski. She coined this term, the journey of events mixed with the journey of emotions. So a story goes beyond anecdote. It starts somewhere. Sure, you you were chased by the cops and you were and you were running and running and running. Um, but then what happens internally? What's going through your head? Right. So you're sharing that with your audience, with your listener. And the listener is immediately engaged because there are all kinds of things happen happening neurologically when you hear a story. And when you hear a compelling story, you're listening biologically, you're listening emotionally. There are, you know, dopamine, there's dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, all, all these um, hormones start moving, floating around in the brain. And then you get actually engaged in the story. If you share that internal information, that internal struggle, and then how, what happens to you as you overcome the struggle, what happens and what is going on in your head, then you get somewhere else. You start here and you end here. And what is that transformational arc that occurs? And what is the lesson learned at the end of that story? And that's what turns an anecdote into a story. Mm, mm, yeah. Wow. I've never heard it put that way, actually. And I really, really like that because it is, it's a combination of emotions and events. It's not just telling the events because anybody can tell kind of like, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, but you're not connecting it to what you felt as you went through it and kind of how you were reflecting back on it. And again, yeah, what you've learned through it, it's it's the mix, it's of the two, the the events along with the emotions. And then that actually transfers emotions to the the other person um, in, a, in a huge way. All those feel-good chemicals that you mentioned, um, people can relate to it. Maybe they had a similar thing happen to them or something, you know, happened completely different, but it was like it made them like now recall something that like, you know, that was like interesting uh that that you know i don't know they 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 could see a person in their life uh in their lives in in your story or they could see themselves in your story right i don't know like kind of if you've seen that happen in in your events and things like that it yeah. happens every single time we have a monthly show in chicago that's a live show and then we have a monthly show outside of chicago they're two different sort of shows, but they both combine music and storytelling. And you mentioned The Moth. So The Moth is a show. It's a podcast, too. And I believe it's themoth.org. Um, but at, um, at The Moth, you know, someone tells a story and it's a slam. So it's a competition. You have five minutes to share a personal story. And then everybody, people vote and somebody wins. Our show is not a competition, but we feature stories. And then in between each story, we've crafted a song <laughs> that sort of responds to the story. So you hear story song, story song. Both of our live shows are like that. And then we have an online open mic show that just people come. It's a free thing. Anyone can come and practice storytelling. So if you, Alex, are going to go to the moth and bring a story, come join us at the cocoon, our monthly online, you know, event, and just come and practice. And then you'll get feedbacks from some amazing people. And the reason we do that is because the better, the, the more crafted the story, the more impact it has. And we believe 
that stories, of, we know that stories create connection and they bridge divides, cultural divides, racial divides, gender divides, every, every kind of divide, uh, socioeconomic divide, because everybody understands the process of struggling for something. You have to get something, gain something, win something, lose something, do something. You have to achieve something in your story. And because of that, everyone understands it. So whether that the set of circumstances is similar or not, I've never been chased by the cops as far as I can remember. There might have been a time or two, but you know, if that's someone's story, at least I can understand that, you know, I have to get out of this right now. I have to get something. And you are are understanding that and relaying to that relating to that story in a biological way, believe it or not. You can't, yeah. you don't even know this. We're not aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When did you first kind of realize the power of, of storytelling? You know, if you could think back to some of your early memories or maybe people in your life where you were just like, this is it. This is so amazing. You know, um, the, their ability to to get people. I say it like the people that were drawn to, you know, and I feel, I like that word, like the word drawn to. They, you know, as soon as they like start speaking, as soon as they, the, the way that they speak, right? Not just what they say, but like the way that they're really like exciting you and, and, and engaging you and bringing you in. That's so powerful. It's such a, a rare talent. And sometimes people are like, man, I just don't know if I have that, but I feel like it, it is a skill to be learned. Talk to me a little bit about like the earliest memories you have of of storytelling and where you saw it and who uh, who were who was delivering them. Oh, thank you for asking. What a cool question. I well, first of all, I've always been fascinated by PBS documentaries. My dad is a documentary filmmaker, so anything that's true is it has always been of particular interest, and people's personal stories have always been of particular interest. When I was a theater major at Northwestern. I was sort of, I was into theater and into doing roles, but there was this class I took senior year that was called nonfiction performance and where we actually took true stuff, autobiographies and newspaper articles and real words from real people. And we theatricalized them in this class. So I'm like, wait, you can do that. You can make a real story interesting, not just a character in a movie or a character in a play you can take real people's words and make them come to life on stage. Now, not everybody has the big personality, but that's the beauty of storytelling, Alex. You know, you could go to a storytelling event and have someone really, really shy walk onto stage and they sort of have a timid demeanor and not everybody has the big stage persona. The people who get up on stage who actually don't have acting experience and who don't know how to use their voice and their physicality are sometimes even more intriguing because it's the words they're saying. If you're telling a story on a stage, whether you're delivering a sales pitch or, you know, get doing a keynote or whatever, whatever it is you're doing, even if you're at the moth or at story jam, you're talking to people, you're, you're publicly speaking, right? So we have tricks that we can teach to learn how to use a microphone and to learn how to, you know, use our gesticulation or whatever we're doing. But the basic fact is there are no props, there are no tricks, there are no costumes, there's no set. You're, it's just you talking to people. <laughs> so how do you hold, I see I'm freezing up in the video, sorry about that. So how do you hold their attention? How do you do that? 
And if you understand narrative structure, you know, you can do the five act narrative structure. That's the typical thing that you can Google and, and read what, what all of that is and what authors use for narrative structure. But what basically the basic understanding is that I need to keep these people engaged. I need to give, give them my problem right from the onset. What is the problem I'm trying to solve? And then you can pull back from the story. You could say, I'm standing in the middle of the forest. I don't have any clothes. I don't have any shoes. And I don't have my phone. I have no idea what has happened to me. So you start with your problem. Okay, that's a big problem, obviously. <laughs> but it could be any problem. It could be I'm at the gas station and I don't have money to buy gas for my car. So I've got this problem, right? You set up the problem and then you can back away from the moment and fill it in with some backstory. The reason this is an important moment, the reason I'm so worried about putting gas in my car is because I remember when I was five years old, sitting in the backseat of my mom's car and watching her cry and thinking, what's wrong with my mom? And she's digging through her purse and she's trying to find coins to buy gas for our family. So if you, and then you pull away from your, your problem in present time and always stories are always really, really effective being told in present tense, even if they happened 10 years ago, if you, if you sort of use the present tense, it engages the listener even more, pull back from your problem and then fill in with backstory and then go back to the problem. And, you know, we do that. We use that kind of narrative structure a lot. It's sort of a formula. There are other ways of doing it. There are a million ways of doing it. But if you want to go up and uh, win a moth, for example, you have five minutes to grab their attention and tell them a little bit about who you are. Yeah. You know, I never, um, I, I, like you said, there are so many different ways to tell a, an engaging story. And I think sometimes people, um, they're, they're searching, like, I just need the right way. Like, what is the right, like acronym? What I think about, what are the steps? And, you know, not every, um, you know, yeah, like not every story should or could, you know, should be told, um, you know, the exact same structure format, let's say, but, you know, think about those, those principles that you just talked about. You're, you're, you know, you want to hit people right up front with this like major thing that you're dealing with, right. The, the, the problem, but a lot of times people want to just like talk about the details about, you know, everything that happened this to this. Cause I haven't heard, heard it say, you know, you want to put people there. You want to put people in the place of the story and, and say, you know, this happened next and here's what was around me. And this is what the color was and felt in the smells and the senses. And it really put people there and, and try to kind of, you know, and that's a, a way to tell a story is kind of to, to, to tell people what happened next and what happened next, but then also kind of what you were feeling the whole time, what you were, you know, thinking and, and, and that sort of thing. But the way you were just talking about it is, you know, maybe you can, um, you know, kind of like, you know, hit people with this major thing, but then kind of go back um, and, and just kind of like talk about just little minor things that people can then you know, like, I almost think like the best stories, people are connecting the dots themselves without you saying it, you know, you're just kind of alluding to it. I don't know. What do you think about that? Is that how you think about it? Like I do. Well, if you have a limited amount of time, so an oral story is a little different than a written story, right? So in a written story, you have, it seems like you have all the time in the world to fill in tons and tons of detail. So you might, you know, 
what is the color of the of the room and what does the furniture look like what era but if i just say my grandmother's linoleum kitchen then that should evoke if i'm speaking the story that should evoke enough information that's just enough hopefully information for you to create a mind movie in your head we call it a mind movie because you want the listener to be with you like you said uh, to really be in the story with you, which is why present tense is a real, a really nice trick, a trick, you know, it's a, it's a device, but saying my grandmother's linoleum kitchen, you know, sort of allows them to imagine grandma's linoleum kitchen. It, it might not be your grandma's linoleum kitchen, but it's enough information that they can start filling, filling in themselves. So that's what we do in in verbal storytelling, we give enough information, but not too much information that you're losing your audience because you just want to keep the details as to a minimum, but enough. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you, you kind of run the, the these performances and you, you have this business now where you're kind of like, you're setting these live events. Um, so how does, um, I, you know, before, like, let's talk about like you yourself in the business before the, the actual events themselves. Like when you find yourself telling stories, maybe to get people interested in either presenting or maybe investing or sponsoring and that sort of thing. Um, can you tell maybe a story of, of how you, um, you know, kind of like how you think about it and what you do to kind of get people excited for what you do and, and, and how you tell it in a way to, to kind of, you know, make, make you unique in, in all the different, I'm sure there's tons of different live events and story slam events and things like that. Um, what you, what you tend to do, because I do feel like that's a little bit of there, there's, there's a lot of selling involved in that, I think, in trying to connect, uh, like you said, you use the word it's, you know, you're connecting the people through, through it. So, yeah, well, what what I think that is important to remember is that a little bit of vulnerability and openness goes a long way. You know, if, if, if when we work with senior executives of companies, so there is sometimes a disparity between this level and this level, you know, the, the higher level execs and the the then everybody else, the junior execs. Right. So that disconnect sometimes we, we connect it through story and, you know, we say, okay, tell us about, you know, senior level person, tell us about your most challenging work day and how you overcame that, or tell us about how you got here. So they're, they're a little more humanized, you know, so someone gets, becomes more humanized. If you share a little bit of personal information, when we're doing, you know, anytime we connect with people, it's always like, very organic. I don't go into sales pitches personally. I don't do a lot of sales pitches, but I do train salespeople on how to how to you know find their story, mine for your story. So, what is your corporate narrative? What are you What are your goals? Are you trying to you know create connection with your clients? And if you're trying to create connection, let me tell you about this story. Always starting with what is the pro What is the problem of the story? I had to do a training one time of a bunch of bankers 
And this was, let's learn about storytelling because everybody wants to learn about storytelling. So we're in a room of bankers. It's on Zoom. I get on there. Everybody turns off their video and their audio. And I'm like, okay, this is going to go great. So I say, okay, let's let's start with a few opening exercises. These are just warm-up storytelling improv kind of exercises. And uh, nobody nobody was buying in. And then finally... Uh, you know, so it's like now 10 minutes has passed and I'm getting nowhere with this, right? I'm getting nowhere. So I'm like, okay, tell you what, I'm just going to tell you all a story. And I proceed to tell them a 99 second story. And the 99 second story starts, it's Halloween 2006 and the doorbell rings. And I see this little kid at the door. He looks like he's four or five years old. And he says his name is Sanchez, but everybody calls him Woody. And I say, hi, Woody. And Woody asks me if I'll take him trick-or-treating. And I say, sure, but where's your mom? Where's your family? And he points down the road and he sort of shrugs. And I say, okay. So pretty soon Woody starts showing up at our house. So I proceed to tell this story in 99 seconds about this kid, Woody. I want to hear the end of the story. I want to hear what happens to Woody. (laughs) All right. I'll rush through. I'll rush through. So, so Woody starts showing up at our house and he starts calling our son, baby brother. And he shows up at dinner time. He's always hungry. And I ask him, where is your family? And he just shrugs and he points down the block. And I know he must live in the building down there. But finally, I find out who his grandmother is. And I reach her and I say, I say, Woody's been coming over. Is that okay with you? And she says, it's fine. So Woody tells me eventually that he doesn't have a place to sleep. He sleeps on the couch. His mother watch, his grandma watches TV and smokes. And I say, Woody, you could stay at our house sometimes if you want, if that's okay with your grandmother. So he starts staying over. Pretty soon Woody now is in eighth grade and I haven't heard from him in a long time. He hasn't stopped by in a long time. So I go marching down to his school and I say, I see the vice principal and I say, excuse me, ma'am. Hi, have you seen Woody? Do you know Woody Sanchez? And she says, I'm sorry, who are you? And I say, I'm his mother. It just kind of blurts out of me. And I realize I'm his family. It's January of this year and the doorbell rings again and it's Woody and he's 24 years old and he is home. He is here with his family. So we got him through college. We got him, you know, a couple of moments and gangs, but he's, this kid became part of our family after ringing our doorbell. Okay. So I tell this story in 99 seconds, much shorter, you know, I've, I've prepared it. I've rehearsed it. And I mean, cause I had been, working on it for a specific thing. So I just, I threw it out there. Suddenly the videos, I'm, we're in this bank meeting, right? The videos start going on, the, the <laughs> microphones start going on. Suddenly everybody's like, hey, I've that happened to me. I was adopted. And then this other person's like, I'm adopting two kids right now. And then someone else is like, I have a foster mom and I'm, I always wanted to be a foster mom. And then boom, 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 around the room. And they didn't know they had worked together for seven years as a team. And they never knew that they had this thing in common. Right. So that's the power of storytelling. Yeah. 
I mean, I just, you know, I, I, it, it makes me think like, even though like that's not, you know, even something that even ha- happens to you or like, I don't know if that was, was a similar story in your life uh, or not, but the way you kind of had me on my seat, like, I, I mean, if you're just listening to the story, you're probably on the edge of your seat. Cause you're like, what, like, you know, where did he come from? Like, I, like I even said, like, I want to know what happened. Like, tell me the, the end of the story. And, but like, they can, you know, you, you know, yeah, people can, again, like, you know, yeah, again, connect and let their guards down and, and feel comfortable, like sharing a personal story, you know, because you were just the ignition that made them like, they were just like, I just want to be out of this meeting. I'm told to be here to like, learn how to play, you know, storytell and, I, I'm, I know, I don't know what she's going to be able to teach me. And I'm just going to, I'm expecting to learn like some frameworks or some steps and, and, you know, it's not really landing with me, but like, if I can hear how you tell it and like, you know, now I'm not even thinking like I'm learning something necessarily. I'm just kind of, um, you know, immersed in this, uh, you know, yeah, world you created, you know, by the way you told it, right? And as a sales guy, you know, so they're interested in what you have to sell. Sure, people are interested in what you have to sell. What do you you have for me? What can make my life easier? What can make our business work better? But also you're selling yourself. And, you know, obviously you've discussed this. You're, they're interested in you as a person. So, you know, if you add a little, not not making, you know, we talk about the difference between an anecdote, a story, a journal entry, a sermon, you know, there the, these things are all diff- different things. So when you're connecting with somebody through story, that's far different than uh, you talking, you know, talking about all your personal worries and concerns in your personal life. That's, that's, there's a difference between showing a little bit of who you are versus showing too much of who you are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell me um, how you've uh, trained salespeople maybe to take like, cause I, I feel like uh, a lot of salespeople are probably out there telling anecdotes. They're just like off the cuff. They're like, you know, I worked with a com- customer that was in a similar situation as you, they were, uh, you know, kind of using our product this way. And like, they were really challenged with like reporting on, you know, kind of how their people were doing X, Y, Z. And they were just, you know, they were just, it was tough for them and they came to us and we were able to help them solve it, you know? And it was just kind of like these surface level, high level, you know, just anecdotes, right? Like, Hey, somebody was challenged with insert, you know, a list of problems similar to you. I know I've seen a lot of sales traders like, you know, yeah, well, I'm glad you like their, their method is like, okay, you know, thanks for telling me that story. Actually, like you're not alone someone came to me with a similar issue. Here's what they did. And we were able to help them solve it. And here's where their results were. And it, and there's no like, you know, kind of really like what happened next? What happened next? What happened next? So tell me like how you've trained people to take like a, an anecdote, like probably an awesome story. Like there's so many great customer stories and really transform it from like that anecdote to maybe that story. Or I don't know if you, if that's different for, like how you prepare people from stage versus like someone selling, trying to get them bought in, you know? It's the same. It's totally okay. the same. So uh, how about how about adding in more personal information yet again? So, you know, my client came to me and they had a problem and I had to solve it. So I took it back to my desk and I thought, how am I going to solve this? I really have no idea how I'm going to solve this. So then 
I remembered that there was this one client who had a similar problem. And I remember thinking A, B, C, D. So if you put yourself into the narrative, like here's how I, here's Ah, how I am emotionally. Yeah. Attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of personal information about you and how, you know, I know I'm good at this, but I'm not great at this, but I know how to, I know what I need to do to get great at this. So I looked up this, I researched, I talked to my, my fellow, I had a conversation with my, the person next to me. And I said, what do you think? And what, you know, going through the process from, from a personal perspective makes it, makes it into a story and makes it extremely interesting. Like, I don't know about the widgets you're selling. Um, Person A is selling, but if you tell me how you solved a problem and you took me into the story of, of your struggle with it, then I'm on board. I'm ready. You know, I, you made me think like, sometimes I could paint a little more of a picture on the client's end. Cause like people come to us with similar issues and they're just like a one, like, okay, high level, like, you know, like I I'm selling learning software, right. Training software. And they're coming to us with like challenge was with like running reports. It, It just takes a bunch of clicks to get any reports and slice and dice reports. It's just really frustrating or, you know, like, um, like just engaging learners. Like it, there's a lot, it's not user-friendly. People have to go to a lot of different screens. It's not intuitive. They don't know where to click and to get information or, you know, that sort of thing. But when I tell it, you know, you can say, well, you know, here's what somebody came to me with. Like, it wasn't just that, it wasn't just that like their learners couldn't get in. It was that every time that they went in, they were, you know, like they were, they, they weren't able to find the next place that they had to go. And then they, they were spending hours um, just like, you know, clicking through all these different places. And then they never actually found where they needed to go. And they told me it just, it was like, they were fielding dozens of emails from, from, you know, frustrated people in their company, um, asking them to set them up and then they had to make these calls and it was just a nightmare. And that, that was, that, that really started as something small, but then it, 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 it like ballooned into this huge thing. I don't know if that like resonates with you, or I always like to ask a question. It's like, how does that, how do you handle like that kind of a situation or how do you deal with reporting or how do you view it? Or how does that resonate with you? I always like to kind of get, and people are like, oh my God, like, I can tell you, you don't get me started. Like, I want that reaction. Like, oh my God, like I'm so on board, that sort of thing, you know? So that's excellent because anytime there are emotions involved, I mean, we're all, we, even though we hate to admit it, we're all driven by our emotions. So the frustration of not being able to get into the system is huge for somebody. And that struggle is huge for somebody. And the more you can kind of push that you just described to me a really, really frustrating situation, right? And and how it's a nightmare. And you used words like nightmare, frustration, and those are really emotionally charged words that make for something compelling. And I want to hear how did you, did you deal with that? And how did you solve that? Because everybody feels that. So the more in you can amplify this sort of frustration and this emotion of the moment, the more you can amplify it, the more people will say, yes, you could tell the worst stuff about yourself. You could say, you know, I, I've done this, I've done this, I've done horrible things, but no matter, it doesn't matter. Everyone in the audience still finds a way to connect with you. 
So every, after every single show, we had a guy tell a story about being a drug, drug addict. And he um, unfortunately was really, he loved this cat that he grew up with and the cat was dying, but he was too much um, into his addiction to go home and be with the cat during the cat's dying days. So he told this story that was sad and he had some humor in it and he had, which humor is also kind of key. Even with a really serious situation, a little bit of humor goes a long way. That's why comedy is so you know, popular and why people are so in love with comedy. But he told this story with a little bit of humor, but it was a bit of a tragic story. And I saw the audience after he was done go gravitate toward him. Oh, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. And that's the kind of stuff that happens when you tell a story and when you really open yourself up a little bit um, because you're relatable, you know? Mm, yeah. So uh, like when you're like, working with businesses, like I, I, you're, 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 I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you're kind of like advising people like you, you have a couple different lines, like you, you're, you put on these events, but then you're also really like advising people on like how to, you know, kind of tell better stories about what they do and kind of in their businesses. Um, so are there, like common themes that you, you know, think people struggle with when they're coming to you, like in a, like, a, I don't, I hate to say business versus personal. Cause I really feel like they're the same, like, you know, kind of like how you tell the story is the same, whether it's in a business context or a personal setting, but what are people coming to you wanting to be able to do with a story, like a business context? Like, are they looking for a client to, you know, to build relationships with clients? Are they looking to, you know, kind of get people engaged in presentations before they present? Like, what are some common things that um, problems that people are coming to you with? And, and, you know, what are like some of the, like, kind of like some of the, the, the personal changes that you've witnessed, um, and, you know, people making as making maybe, you know, slight changes to their, their approach, what are, well, I think everyone's looking to to create connections. So sometimes yeah. teams are looking to build, you know, to team build and like, yeah. oh, our team isn't isn't working well together. Yeah. Yeah. Or these the senior execs aren't aren't really understanding what what we're all doing, what the employees are doing. Okay. So there is the internal connection stuff that happens that we yeah. do, um, where we just basically allow for a safe space. You know, we we just provide a space for people to actually talk and say, here's, here's how I feel. And here's, it's not a therapy. It's not as much therapy, but it does have a therapeutic effect actually. Um, because telling stories, believe it or not, also is, has an effect on the brain. Um, telling, telling, getting like getting something off your chest. That's a real thing. It, it, it sort of puts it out there and it takes the burden off a little bit to to share something, but, and these are not just, let's have a complain sec session, you know, let's not, let's just sit around and complain about things. It's like, here is, here is what I want you to know about me that so that you can understand how I work and where I'm coming from and my cultural background. So it's always about connection every, every time. And maybe it's sometimes somebody is doing a presentation and has a lot of facts and figures and it's really boring, dry stuff. And they need 
something more interesting to add to it. You know, everybody always says, start with a joke when you give, you know, when you give a public speech or a presentation, right? And the reason is because that that creates instant connection. So it put, puts everyone at ease. That that's a real, you know, that's a really great tool. But there's also the use of story within the graphs and the and the figures. So we kind of talk about story and how can we incorporate story into this dry, boring material. And then mostly that, and that's just another way to, to find connection with people, finding connection with your audience, finding connection with your teammates, finding connection with your superiors, finding connection uh, with the people in your life. You know, if you can sit around and command attention in a room and tell a great story, <laughs> then you then you've got then you own the room you can own you can own a room but we also talk about using your own personality i hinted at this a little bit earlier but you know it, you you have what you have you're not going to be you know mike Birbiglia, you know instantly who's a famous you know comedian podcaster here i mean not you personally but we we're not we're not him we're not when i started out learning about storytelling. I studied people like Spalding Gray and Elaine Stritch and Lily Tomlin. These people had solo shows that were kind of famous and on Broadway where they just told stories the whole time. They just talked about their lives. Um, we're not all those big personalities, but what we do have is our uniqueness. So if we can find a way to recognize there's a part of all of this training that we do where we recognize who are you when you walk into a room? What is the instant impression people have of you when you walk into a room? Because they're going to be instantly creating judgments. You know, that's just how it's survival. We just have to kind of understand someone. Is that going to person going to harm me? Or is that a person, a friend or foe? And then, you know, do they look like they're from another country? Do they look like they are like me? Are they different from me? How do they identify themselves? You're thinking all these things when someone walks into a room. So what one thing we do is we sort of take a little bit of a, a look internally and say, okay, who am I when I walk into a room? And how does that affect what I, the words I say? And what in storytelling, we talk a lot about saying something that's different from what you appear. So if I appear like a middle-aged housewife and, and I tell you, you know, if I come in with a kind of, you know, very conservative look and an outfit that, you know, looks like I'm, I'm all business, but I tell you about some wild story that, that I've experienced or, you know, talk, talking about a night, a night out or something, then the more you you, the more interesting the story becomes, because it's like, if I come into dressed in, you know, black nail polish and black lipstick and my hair all poofy and, you know, I look goth, you're going to think, oh, she's a wild one. You know, you, you have instant ideas of, of who I am. But then if I tell you about how I'm an avid book lover and all I do is read books night and day, but I look like, gosh, you don't look necessarily like we have these preconceived notions. And what we do in storytelling is try to break those down instantly like just get put them get get rid of them right now you know because that again is connection so when we're talking about business form you know business application of storytelling same thing it's all about connection yeah you know i think um that is so so key because i think like we all i i i've heard this by comedians and like you know the funniest stuff like in their in their um routines there's always the stuff that like it's just like the unexpected like there's just random things that you know they they say that 
you know, you're, you're, you're in your mind, you're, you're kind of thinking of like what they're going to say. And it's just obvious that they're talking about one thing. And then they just bring up something like, you know, completely out of the blue, totally different. You didn't expect it. And you were like, wait, what? Like that, that (laughs) happened to you? Like, and, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I, you're, you're actually making me think like more on calls when people like, so how was the weekend? And like, you know, you're looking at me like I'm in a t-shirt, like I'm, you know, maybe well put together or something like that. And I was like, and, you know, that Harley Davidson, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, kind of, (laughs) kind of um that 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 show that I went to or that you know that Vegas concert that I went to and like you don't have to reveal something like too too personal but like just think of just something opposite of what people would perceive you know and there's so many different things like you know that man that that plane I jumped out of was pretty wild you know like yes. if, if it's just something that somebody would not expect about you you'd be like, wow, this person's interesting. Like there's, okay, wait, like tell me more. Like I I love like, you know, just telling a little bit and they're like, okay, wait, rewind. You just said what, you know, like. And And you just pepper, you pepper those in a little bit into into narratives. And, or this reminds me of the time that I went skydiving and this, you know, because those little pepperings are just pull pulling, they're like strings pulling the pulling the listener in further and further. And it's it just makes it like you say, you know, right? It makes you even more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an effective, it's an it's you know, you're telling basically you're just sharing some personal stuff. You're just opening yourself up a little bit. And yeah. the more you do it, the more connection is made. It's shocking how much connection is made. Uh, the more you, the more you share, yeah. even, even in the most formal of business settings, even in the most, you know, in a room of people who kind of know each other, you could take 50 people in a room and they all work for this company and they're here because, you know, they're coming to the storytelling workshop because they were told to come, you know, just like you said before, you know, this is a required thing. It's kind of dumb. It's three hours of my time. Why am I doing this? But it's okay. But then you start to, poke in a little bit and you start to get people warmed up and opened up. And then you realize this is fun. Telling stories is fun and sharing who I am is, is fun and hearing who you are. It's more fun. It makes life more interesting and rich. Yeah. I told like, you just seem like somebody like I could, you probably have something different in rehearse. Maybe it's rehearse, but you I, I can tell you practice, you know, like it just flows so naturally, but like, I, I know that like, you know, stories have to be, you know, you have to put care to them. You know, you can't just like tell them, you know, and, 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 and think that they're like, you're just wing it and think that they're going to land, like, you know, be super, super engaging all the time. Maybe you'll get, maybe they are, but you know, some people are just like naturally like that, but other people, you have to just like write it down and practice it and practice it and practice it enough that it just flows so effortlessly. And people are like super engaged because you're telling it so com- confidently. And I just feel like you have so many of those to throw out, like on first calls when someone's like, so, you know, Steph, Stephanie, how, how's it, how you been? How, how's it going? You know, and, <laughs> well, everybody just, does. Everybody does. I yeah. 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 But like, we, we, we kind of just blow it off and sometimes say, hey, I'm going good. Like, how are you? And we just want to get, throw the ball back in the other person's court as quick as possible, you know? But I feel like you're somebody who's like, ah, yeah, I'm going good. You know, I did, uh, you know, I went boating this weekend. I went to this concert and, you know, made me think of this time when I was like, I did put, just put me right back there when I was, 
you know, doing this and this and this. And, uh, it was crazy. How about you? And you're like, wait, what? Like, so <laughs> just in a, in like five seconds, I learned about this in your childhood, uh, this in your weekend and this like, you know, life threatening thing that happened to you or something like that. And that all happened in one, one day or something. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I don't know. You know, I think there's a use of story. So if you know, you're yeah. going to, if you know you're going into a meeting of some kind and you know you want to share a story, right. it is a great idea to craft it ahead of time. Yeah. Set it up, you know, set it up and practice it with people around you and to try to practice that story in any before you before your big moment, you know, practicing telling a story is always great. And crafting it and writing it down is great. Or using your phone and recording it into the phone and and make sure it's short, you know. So 99 seconds. That's what that's what you get at a, at a moth or at a, at a slam or at a storytelling show, like our storytelling show, you know, in Chicago, like you said, Chicago is a storytelling. So Chicago is a storytelling hub and there are 50 to 70 storytelling shows every oh, single wow. month. Our oh, show story jam is one of those many shows, right? So if you're telling a story at a, at a slam or at a show, you know, you have to rehearse it obviously, but if you're just preparing for a, a meeting, um, Pull together 99 seconds. What do you want to say? What's your transformation? What there? Because remember, the different difference between an anecdote and a, and a story is the transformation that takes place for yeah. the storyteller, aka the protagonist. You're the protagonist yes. of every one of your stories. So think of it like you're the protagonist. Mm. Sometimes mm. you're also the antagonist, actually, in your own story. But that's just a whole complicated other thing. But but you're the protagonist. You're telling your story in the first person. You're telling it preferably in present tense, if you can, you're not going to believe this. I'm five years old and I'm blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, so telling it in present tense is an, is a neat way. Now I tell stories like I rehearse them and I have an acting background. So obviously I theatricalize things a little bit, but you can do that in very common vernacular. You know, you can do this and be, do it in your own conversational style. Right. Especially if you're one on one with somebody, you know, you're you you have the conversational style, but you've crafted something in your mind that, you yeah. know, has a purpose. And here's why I'm sharing it. Yeah. I, you know, Stephanie, I have to say, like, you're getting me wanting to, like, just talk about stories all afternoon. But I'm sure you have some, tons <laughs> of stuff to do as well in your day. Uh, maybe you could end off like all of this. Cause I think we just talked about so many great things. Like I, I never really heard it put that way. The difference of an anecdote and a story and the transformation. And honestly, like sometimes I, I, I personally, before this conversation thought that like, Hey, like, no, I, I'm trying to like, sh like when I share a client's story, it's like, I'm, they're the protagonist and I want, I want to, you know, show the transformation that happened with them and like what they were thinking about and what they went through. And that's okay. But actually like, you're, they're not there. Like they don't know. They can't, can't see my. They the, the the client that I'm telling the story to can't see my client's face, or they they don't know. They will never maybe know or meet that client. But I can tell their story in a way that makes. I don't need to. I, I was always put here, put in sales, and I understand. Make your client the hero of the story. Like you know, they're 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 the hero. Make them you know tell in a way that makes them the hero. But actually, like whenever you're telling a story one on one, like the person cares about you. What the what you felt and and what you learned as a result of them coming to you thinking this thing before they met you and wanting this thing before they came to you and came coming to you with this problem and even though it wasn't your problem you got bought into it and you saw the transformation happen to them but then like that really helped 
you know, that was a transformation that happened with, with you because you thought something prior to them coming to you, you thought that like something was going to happen. You actually noticed, uh, uh, you know, you, you changed uh, something with yourself as a result. So they're like, wow, like here's an expert saying that they were really transformed by this experience that they had with the customer's problem. And that's even more impactful than just saying, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, your, your problem is just like this other customer's problem that I yes. um, de- dealt with. Um, I never, and I don't care. Them. I don't care about that other customer. You're yeah. right. I, I'm yeah, they honor. don't look like me. They're not like here. Like, well, um, you, yeah. it's not that you don't care. You just don't care about something that's not in front of you. I care yeah. about, you, yeah. and yeah. I will care more about you if I hear what your struggle was with it. Yeah. And that is something I, I would love it if, if you have the chance and it, you know, coming up in the next week or so, if you have the chance to do this and practice this with one of your, with, with yeah. one of your clients, you know, yeah. and, and, and do this kind of like thing where you talk about your person, because you're the center of all of your stories. I know yeah. the customer is the hero of their, of every story, but you're the hero of your stories, you know, you're yeah. the hero or the, or you're the, or the bad guy, you know, you're the, you're, you can get in your own the way yeah. sometimes yeah. in stories, you can be your own villain and you can be your own. So how you got through this, because that story of whatever triumph you had, you helped your client with mm-hmm. that yeah. triumph was your triumph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's, yeah. what's interesting. I totally, I totally agree with you. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to kind of, uh, that, uh, that's a challenge for everyone listening to this. Instead of thinking about like the next time you tell a client story about my client was doing this similar to you say like, I thought this because of what my client brought to me. And I learned this uh, throughout the process by what our interactions were. So like, I, I learned this, I, I thought this initially when the customer came to me with this problem, we did these different things together. And I actually, you know, I, I learned a ton about not only their problem, but I actually learned a lot myself. And um, it really helped me understand this a little bit better. And, and actually, like, I, I, it made me see around a blind spot I wasn't even aware about. And you know, how are you, how does that resonate with you? How do you handle that? Like, what does that look like for you? Because then you're kind of trying to get them into the person's problem, but they, they, they were bought in because of how you took, because you're in front of them, they're looking at you. So completely understand. I close out every podcast with a fun story. You'll, you would like this. It's a question that I think you'll run with. And I'm, I'm excited to see how you're going to answer this. So I always like to ask, like, I, I think we connect with each other on like just these stories and like we sell people and in this, you know, human uh, connection sort of way. And so my question is to think about like just something that's totally unique to you. So if I asked your friends, your family, the people that are the closest to you, Stephanie, if I just asked them, what is something that could only and would only happen to Stephanie, something that is just so totally Stephanie, what is like something that they would tell me? It could be a story, could be like a thing that is just like a, a weird quirk. What is just, you know, something that is, you know, would only and could only happen to you? It's just something that's so totally you. Well, I collect people. Okay. I don't know why I've always done this. My grandmother did it too, but we, oh, wow. yeah, my grandmother would go out into the world. She was an 80 year old, you know, gal, and she would come home with five people who were there ready to eat Thanksgiving dinner. 
And so somehow from my dear, sweet Austrian grandmother, I inherited this, this quality of collecting people. So people just kind of, people show up. Hopefully they're all good people. I really have yet to, I did have one person years ago who we used to, I used to sing in a band at Navy Pier in Chicago. And I had this fan, I had this Uber, Uber fan and he used to come to every show. And then pretty soon he started sending me fan letters. I don't know how he found out where I lived, but I would get fan letters at my house I've, you know, I felt like Beyonce or something, but I started to get a little nervous about, about this fan guy, you know, like, is he okay? Should I call the cops? What, you know, what is this guy? And finally I confronted him. I went right up to him at a show and I'm like, Hey, you're sending me fan letters. It's a little weird. And he's like, Oh, listen, I just think you're great. Will you sing at my wedding? in a couple of weeks. And I said, sure, I'll sing at your wedding. And what do I have to lose? So I went to the guy's house, sang at his wedding. I found out, you know, he's just a normal guy who happened to write a couple fan letters. It's a little odd, but he's just, he's just a regular person, completely harmless. And now to this day, he's still a friend of mine. <laughs> so <laughs> I, somehow, I somehow have this ability to collect all kinds of people. And I just, I'm a people person. So Lucky me. I, the, I, the, that's a great story. And I love, uh, you know, you're, you're very, I, I, it doesn't surprise me uh, the least the way that you are. And um, I'm, I'm sure people are drawn to you the same. So you probably have great parties or something. I'm sure like um, hopefully, you know, everybody that comes over when, when they come over, but you know, some, some, yes, some, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephanie, what can, uh, where can people learn more about story jam and you and, and kind of connect with you like ongoing? I'm so glad to have you. Oh, thanks. It's been so much fun talking to you, Alex. Um, they can find us at storyjamshow.com. And that has all of our classes, our workshops. If you click on classes, we have an upcoming retreat for storytelling. It's a weekend retreat just outside of Chicago at this beautiful location. And then, you know, we do trainings. We do ongoing trainings for companies. We do individual trainings. We have individual classes. But most fun um, we have is bringing people onto the stages for our live shows. So once you take a class and you've got it down, come be on a come be on a story jam stage. That's awesome. All right. Well, all, all the info is going to be in the notes. Steph, you you totally jammed out and I'm so uh, glad we got to connect and I'm looking forward to, to learning more about stories and telling even more with you for years to come. Thanks, Alex. I hope you go and practice what we talked about and tell me about what, how it goes. I will. I will. I'm excited. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.